Welcome back, everybody. This is Cami and TJ, your host of It Still Lives. We've got another bonus episode for you this week. Again, from storyteller Don Patterson, who you heard last week tell us a little bit about the different types of spirits out there. This week, Don is going to be sharing a couple of his favorite witch stories that he claims happened right here in Burton, Georgia. And I gotta say, these, these absolutely make the hair on the back of my neck stand up a little bit. Yeah, as if as if his laugh wasn't creepy enough, Trans- his stories take it yeah. that much further. <laughs> Tra- transfiguring witches. Mm-hmm. Um, this could be, and when, you know, we talk about some of the best um, horror stories out there. A lot of them have origins in folklore. Uh, shapeshifters they appear a lot in mm-hmm. in you know modern horror films. Um, certainly, uh, there's some really great. Um, uh, folk tales, horror folk tales, or scary folk tales, uh, supernatural folk tales in Japanese folklore that became popularized in movies like The Ring. Um, you know, just and, and it's you know, it's one thing to hear these stories, and then it's another thing to see them. And for me, uh, hearing them from a storyteller, a talented storyteller like Don Patterson, like some of the others that we're going to hear uh, this month. Um, where they can take your imagination is even more terrifying than what you see on the screen. You know, the screen is very visual. It's very, you know, they're steering you towards a certain aesthetic. Um, But the storyteller that, you know, a good storyteller telling you one of these tales, um, because it's firsthand, because it, you know, it it takes place in a, a, you know, a local, a geographical location that's very Mm -hmm. nearby. and he like Don specifically and going back, you know, this connects to the very first story we played from Stanley Hicks, but he presents this evidence, right? you know, to really make the story true. That's and right. He starts off by talking about how these witches escaped yes. from the old country yes. and came over. And so you see this cultural continuity of these witches that were persecuted in, you know, Ireland and Scotland and England coming to the yep. new world and taking root here and... Well, and um, maybe one day we can, because I didn't include it in the book. Um, because so we interviewed Rhonda Reno last summer. Yeah. And Rhonda Reno uh, provided a lot of great information about herb medicine and herbalism. She identifies as a granny witch. Um, she's somebody who comes from a long line of faith healers and folk healers. Um, and she gave us the war woman story, which is a, lo- a bit of local lore, and that's included in the book. But what, I, what was not included in the book that was a part of that larger interview was the story of her lineage. Mm-hmm. And she traces it back to the old world, to Scotland. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's some continuity between her tale of her, of sort of the, the, um, the lineage of granny witches or, or healers in her family and what Dawn talks about. Yeah. And... You know, this connection to the old world is something that we're going to address next week, too, with with some stories from Ethel Korn. Yeah. But, you know, 
it's it's really cool to see those direct connections, especially you know continuing to today. Yes. Somebody still yeah. looking backwards to, yeah. a, which a lot of what is Highlander tales from Scotland. Yes. Yep. Which is really awesome. That continuity is yeah. is amazing. Yeah. So I hope y'all enjoy this one because it's yeah. hair raising. Do you really believe that that was really? She was really a witch. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, my granddaddy told me things he told me she done. I know she's a witch. Uh, see, uh, back uh, back in those years, uh, you know, they was uh, in England. Mm -hmm. That's where they came from. In England, they was uh, burning the witches. You know, mm -hmm. at a stake, put them to a stake and burn them and everything. Right. And they just happened to be the one that got away. You know, and yeah, this it, it was actually a witch. Yeah, sure. Uh, because uh, you know yourself, uh, Toledo River was a pretty good sized river. It comes underneath yeah. the bridge there and everything. It runs through my granddaddy's farms and everything. And uh, he said it had been uh, raining for about a solid week. Mm -hmm. He said that river was plumb out of banks. See, she lived across the river from him on this side. And, and uh, he lived on the other side here and uh, so uh, he said that uh, the water was all out and everything and see what happened she'd always get uh, milk from uh, my grandparents you know mm -hmm. and uh, they didn't they didn't think anything to start with uh, they let her house sweet milk you know the first time right. and for a whole week they didn't get a drop of milk from the cows. See, and then uh, they say if, as long as she can keep that fresh, you know, or sweet, what they call it, you know, from sign, uh, that she can get all your milk. So uh, then uh, they start letting her, her have nothing but buttermilk. See, buttermilk, she couldn't get their milk. So, uh, he said after all that rain and everything, that river out of the banks, and he said one afternoon, just about sundown, here she come walking up in the yard. He said he's sitting on the porch. And uh, so uh, she said, I want to get some milk. She said, go on in there and his wife and get it for him, my grandmother. So she went on in and got her half a gallon of buttermilk. And I said, while she's in there, he said, how in the world she get across that river? Yeah. And uh, so uh, when she come back out, he said, Hi, says, that river's plumb out of the bank. I said, how'd you get across there? She said, oh, I made me a horsey. Just kept on going. Next day, and the river decided, uh, granddad is down checking his field, see if he'd done how much damage he'd done and everything. And this year, uh, New English, they lived that down the river and across from him, and that's the English that did that. And uh, so uh, he ran into him, he was on the other side of the river, you know. Right. And uh, he's asking, well, do you have any uh, uh, damage or anything like that? And they stand there talking across the river. And uh, he said, yeah, but said, I don't, says, I want to show you something, other. He says, 
I want you to look at my hands. Mm -hmm. And he said, look, just like they've been just drug through gravel. It's drug through gravel. And he said, hey, also, I want you to look at my knees. And he said his knees was all bloodshot. Mm. That was her horse that she made out of him, see, across that river. So if you want to call it a witch or what, it, there's something about it. One, one story he told me about her was uh, about his pigs. Mm -hmm. He said his sow had 10 pigs and they was getting up pretty good little size. And uh, so uh, I seen them, you know, and she says, uh, I want a couple of those. He said, I can't let you have them, Holly. He said, I got to have them for winter meat. He said, I have to keep them all. And uh, she said, well, I don't see why. I says, you don't need that many. He said, yeah, I do too. So I don't want to make sure I have plenty of meat. And she said, well, i tell you what, they'll do you no good. Just turned and walked off. He went out the next morning. Every one of those pigs was running around and around the lot with his backbone up. And before the day's over, every one of them dropped dead. So, I don't know what you make out of that. <laughs> Wouldn't have done no good if he'd given it to her then, would it? No, what, what she would have done, see if she'd have got him. Mm -hmm. Then she could have got every bit of his meat, as long as you let a witch have uh, something. And uh, if they, they'll keep uh, fresh, they can get everything else you've got, see. So, uh, my uh, uncle, not my uncle, but my great uncle, I guess you'd say, uh, you know, back then uh, they uh, they just had, naturally had deer, not like where the, right, right. Uh, uh, they stopped them. But uh, he, he went up one afternoon to see about, you know, get a deer. Mm -hmm. And uh, back then they, they they had dogs, they dogs, you know, and they'd always go to the leading ridge when the dogs get after them, they'd go up on the leading ridge, up on top, you know. So he turned his dogs loose down in the behind there, and uh, he uh, was standing, his dogs was running, and all of a sudden he seen this big buck, just a short distance from him, and it just stopped and looked at him, you know, and snorted, Mm -hmm. Pawed like this and everything. Man, he's something that he, he's using a muzzleloader rifle. Right. You know, he had to had to tap it in. Uh, so uh, he hauls off, and he said, "You know, he hit it right between the eyes." So it's mm -hmm. short. I mean, it's short distance. He said the thing just whirled around, kicked his heels up like that, turned back around, shook his head, you know, and everything. He said, I don't understand that. Well, he didn't run off, you know. And so he loaded his gun again right quick and fired again. He just danced around, kicked his heels up, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, people back then, they uh, uh, was kind of on to this witchery stuff, you see. Mm -hmm. And they know anything silver would kill one, see. Right. So he just... Uh, reached in his pocket, took a dime out, and just scraped the silver off that dime, put it down the barrel, 
loaded up. That old buck's still standing out there. And uh, when you loaded her up like that and you started to raise his rifle up, here stood this fella. He knew him. He knew the fella. He knew the fella? Oh, yeah. He said, I just kidding with you, you know. So he knew he was a witch. Yeah, oh yeah, they knew he was a witch.